the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Financial Food for Thought. We've got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. And Carrie, what's that sound? I don't know. In the, in, the, in the background. Sounds like a spa. It's the polar vortex. Oh, okay. I was like, I thought you meant this music sounds like very calming. Well, I've got the hoogie music on, right? The what? The the hoogie music. Remember? No. So yeah, this is a time of the year. You know, we're taping the show on Friday. But it's uh, Blue Monday's coming up. Do you know what Blue Monday is? No, I do not. Okay, it's Blue Monday is where psychiatrists say is the gloomiest day of the year. How the do they know? The third Monday of January. So well, how do they know? How is I, that? I mean, isn't that Martin Luther King Day that everybody has a day off? So why would they be blue? We well, don't, but... It's not always the third Monday is Martin Luther King okay. Day, but it is a, a lot of times it is. Right. I, I always thought Blue Monday is after a Browns loss on Sunday. Oh. And that better not happen this weekend, Carrie. Well, I mean, isn't it circumstantial? I mean... No, it's the it's the we'll get into it, Carrie. I think that's yeah. But we'll also Huga, remember, Huga is the, the Danish secret to surviving the winter doldrums, right? Okay. Remember we do you don't remember talking about that? I do vaguely, but it's okay. been a long time. It's been a long time. So so okay, so the third Monday of January. Well, we're going to talk about some financial okay. things too today. But like, <laughs> we're going to talk. We got some. We got some inflation data. You know, we can look at the Jan. Other thing in January, we'll look at the January effect, right? You know, a lot of people look as January as a barometer how the stock market's going to perform in any given year right. you know, for the year. So we'll, we'll look at that, um, and then also, what we normally do always the. When the show airs on Saturday mornings, so the Saturday before the next estimated tax payment, okay, uh, you know the four quarterly estimates carry. We always do a review because what we found at the estate planning team, when we've been helping you know clients build financial plans for over thirty seven, now going out thirty seventh year. It was always this idea, Carrie, that we, we sometimes we call it rookie retiree mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and we found that. 
you know, going into retirement, very few people had a, a good working knowledge of how to pay estimated taxes or the rules regarding estimated taxes when they go into retirement. Mm-hmm. Because they were so used to not having to worry about that no. when you're working. Because the payroll departments and all their software does a pretty darn good job right. of estimating how much withholding they should be doing from your pay. Or sometimes you're lucky enough if you're doing you know contributions to your HSA or company plan, maybe you get a refund. So well, or so, you itemize right. So so, but going into retirement, that all changes. Right. And so we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about, or we will talk a little bit about okay. that um, in the second half of the show. Um, we'll do some. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll do some financial data first too, and and also look at some you know some bad tax matters and things like that. Okay. And just a lot of times we started last week as well. You can go back and listen to our podcast. But what we try to do is. A lot of times, as we talk about what should be happening in your financial planning maintenance, let's say, you know, right. and we think of it as a calendar basis, you know, what we, how we help our clients, because we're very active planners at the estate planning team. We're, we're just, we're not in the uh, camp that you just do something the same every year, you know, and, right. and, and also even during the year, you know, what are you doing in the first quarter? What should you be working on the second <laughs> quarter, the third quarter, and of course the fourth quarter? And so last week we started breaking down what are the first quarter chores, so to speak, or things you want to be working on if one of your New Year's resolutions was to start working on a financial planning. Um, and it was, discipline. we talked about getting a net worth update, and we've done that for our clients. The great thing is, quite a few people, if we compare their December 31st, 2022 net worth to December 31st, 2023, those net worths are quite a bit higher. Which is a good thing, but how do you know where I should be if, um, one, we're going to compare to last year, and then we compare it to the plan projection? The good news is a lot of people so far that have got those the net worth is are ahead of their plan and certainly ahead of last year in the majority of cases. So, so what about, so are you suffering from the January blues, all right? And so... They, they tell us that the third Monday of January, which is coming up this, mm-hmm. this Monday, is the gloomiest 24 hours of the year. Now, uh, why, you ask here? Right. right? I, well, one is they say it's, 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 it's like the post-holiday festivities letdown. Okay, oh. so I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but that, there's that, also that, holiday blues where a lot of people feel the holidays are depressing, right? So, and, and, right, but I mean, I don't know if that means you've now realized that you didn't get the Christmas present you wanted to get, really, or, or maybe you overspent. And you're starting to get the credit card bills. Are you opening the credit card bills? Um, so you know, and and it's interesting because about the credit card bill. So when we talk about New Year's resolutions, you know, money regrets. Is still one of the biggest, uh, you know, pro- uh, uh, issues that we have in this country, right? Um, so, so, Carrie, what do you think the number one money regret is for people reviewing their financial planning model? Any- they didn't. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I was going to go the other way. I would say, if we're talking averages, that I didn't save enough, but then I would. You got think, it, Carrie. Right. Yeah, yeah. But also, I was going to say, maybe depending on your age, Maybe if you're older and say you have this money, oh, I should have done more things. I should have traveled more. I should have done spent well, more. Okay, well, but you got it the first time, not right. saving enough. 
Okay, that, that's yeah. the number one money regret. What do you think the number two money regret we are, we kind of said with the credit card, overspending. Okay. okay. Um, so more than 22% of Americans regret overspending on entertainment last year. I, I think ninety percent of that. Do you think? Oh, what? Um, a, yeah. All right. Um, all right. And then the third biggest money regret is mismanaging credit card debt. Okay. Now, th- there's a lot of debate on that. Certainly, mm-hmm. Carrie. Right. Um, and and I'm not one who was in you know the Dave Ramsey camp that you never ever 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 have any debt whatsoever. Right. There's good debt. It's like, uh, you know, I love the, if somebody offers me a 0% financing for whatever, great. Yeah. And so, so, and, and, and to me, I mean, when I think about my clients, if they want to use debt, who am I to say they shouldn't? Right. I mean, Although I feel- credit card debt, I will argue, is probably well, not the best to carry over. I personally love the points offer, but when you're carrying over with higher interest rates, you know, some credit card, you know, interest rates are 18, 20, 22%. Right. And and that's what I feel our job as a state buying team is, number one, if our clients are planning on using debt, we want to make sure that they can service their debt. Right. Which it doesn't become a financial burden or threaten their financial longevity. Right. Okay. Um, and certainly, you know, we could get to right. that. But if our clients want to hold mortgages... HELOCs, reverse mortgages, I'm okay with it. Well, and even like we had a client, Mark, um, I think you talked to at the end of the year, they got a new car, got it at a 2.9% interest rate. Their thought was to pay it off early. But right now they've taken the money they were going to pay off the car and they have a CD that's earning 5%. So if you're, you know, you're comparing that, maybe it makes sense to have debt in some circumstances. But... If you are concerned that you are over your head, we can certainly help those clients work out a, a plan. Right, and it takes discipline, and it takes yeah, it takes time. You don't, and you have to actually do. You know, you have to make different choices. Right, um, and you know, and now we don't have that. Clients coming to us, we don't have that problem too often. No, but sometimes Carrie, it is a Their difference. Kids? Well, well, that's that, yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother. But I right. was thinking more of sometimes couples aren't always the same page about how much debt they have. Mm-hmm. Maybe couples have different spending styles, and and so so. But certainly, that is something that we we can certainly help. But anyway, so those are okay. So we're back to Blue Monday, right? All right. So that's the first thing. Um, Okay, the po- you know post holiday festivities let down. Okay, second one is limited sunlight in the bad weather. Okay. Right, I think isn't there an official name for that? Well, it's Carrie? seasonal affective disorder. Sad, sad. right? I, yeah, yeah. Sad. The, we used to have those because they thought my younger, my oldest one now, when he was little, they we had the happy lights that they use in Alaska. You know, before breakfast in the morning because they said it does like there's no side effect. You know, so I think the and you know Northeast Ohio. Hits the gray. I mean, certainly if you're in a state or my two older kids live in the south, like they have sunshine right now and 60 degree, you know. Right. And then the third reason they give to why the third Monday in January is the gloomiest 24 hours of the year is because it's about that time where you've realized you've already broken your New Year's resolutions. Okay. All right. Um, But I mean, really, like... 
I'm sure they spent a lot of time on this. See, this is where I'm going to argue when you talk about averages or things that it really doesn't matter what's your mindset, what's your attitude. So let's get back to Huga, Carrie, right? Okay. So this is the Danish secret of how you ward off the winter right. doldrums or winter blues, right? You know, and and it, it's kind of like the, the secrets to, to happy living during the winter, right? Get cozy, Carrie, right? You know, so what are some of the things? Um, stay how busy. they describe it. Stay no, busy. no, no, you're not getting the who you're not <laughs> That's what I'm like. Stay okay. busy. The, you know, the coziness of the soul, Carrie. Okay. Uh cocoa by candlelight. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> the art of creating intimacy, right? Okay. So this is where the key ingredients to this way of dealing with the winners is togetherness, relaxation, indulgence, presence and comfort. It's it's the you know, it's in, it's staying at home in front of the crackling fire, right? It, it's it's you know, scented candles. Candles, lots of candles, Carrie. Okay, you know it's the flickering lights is what they want. You know the flickering lights from the fireplace or the or the flickering lights from the candles, right? It's you know it's 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 getting the comfy wool socks and fuzzy sweaters on, and you know getting underneath the you know the throw blankets, and it's you know getting a good hardcover book and maybe a hot toddy to go with it, right? And it's that idea of you, you just get into that mode, right? Okay. Um, now and it's big in the. <laughs> You know, and, and it made a splash in America pre-Rona. Right. Rona put an end to everything, Carrie, right? Um, well, I think, but, yeah, I like for some people like me, doing that would cause more stress because when I'm at home, I'm just reminded of all the to-dos that I need to do. And I don't, like don't sitting know. around makes me feel guilty. It's kind of like a cat lifestyle, isn't it? Yeah, that's you know? true. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, cats and dogs, I think, love the Huga lifestyle. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, but, um, but what I love about Huga is that it's basically free. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, compare the price of that Taylor Swift concert night oh, out yeah, there no. to that, staying at home with the, staying at home in front of the fireplace. Right. Um, yeah. So, so try it. You may like it. You know, you never know. All right. Attitude um, is everything. All right. So we got we we got some. So you play this kind of music in the background. This reminds me very much of like yeah, this would spa, be, soothing, this would be relaxing. Music. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know. Yeah, that would make me sleep. Yeah, if I said I'd probably fall asleep quickly. All right. Um, well, let's let's wake up. So we'll scratch that music, Carrie. You're not Good. into that. All right, all right. So we're back. No, I love it. I just I don't want to fall asleep. And then we're back to. Um, well, let's see if we can look at the. So we got CPI data, um, and it, it's it's still, it and it, it we got. <laughs> I don't know what you take from it, actually. Um, the, the, this week's CPI data, you know, for the last month, but um, you know, some people think that um, with that inflation kind of ticked back upwards, carry right, and that is a problem. Um, now, you know, who is it a problem for? Well. It's it's a problem for the Federal Reserve um, because they're they're in the position that to get, to get their mandate and you know stamp down inflation they watch this data very carefully and as we know some experts were thinking that the Federal Reserve would start cutting rates in March okay and I think this report is not that's not going to happen okay um, so we can look at headline. Uh, CPI, and it came in for the month up 
0.3%, which was higher than the previous month was up 0.1. It ticked back up. Right. Okay. And if you look at year over year, now we can say this is ending for December, right. ending 2023, it came in at 3.4. Okay. Certainly a lot better than the beginning of the year at 6.5. Oh, yeah. Quite okay. a bit better. Um, but still higher than the previous month's November year over year of 3.1. Okay. All right. Um, now, if you want to take out um, food and energy and look at core, uh, you know, a lot of people don't like to do that. I'm just here to say that right now core is running hotter than uh, headline. That surprises a lot of people. So what did core? So core came in for the year ending December over last December, 3.9. Okay. okay? Um, now that still, though, that did not tick up. That no, you said it was 3.4. No, I'm saying from last months right core annualized okay it because last month november november it was four okay so it did still it did tick down to 3.9 okay okay um it's still higher than headline right of 3.4 okay um and then uh, if you look over the month of the month it it, it remained pretty flat at 0 0.3 similar to november's 0 0.3 but a lot better than last year no doubt um Yes. Or, or last same time last year. Right. And then PPI came in even better. PPI is you know the the, the price at the factory gate, right? And right. and that is and actually the the disinflation on PPI, and a lot of people think the PPI is a projection of what we are going to be paying later. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's a step before at the at the wholesale level. And but that's been coming down faster than CPI, but a lot of people now are saying, could that be perhaps because PPI doesn't have the shelter okay. cost to it? Because one of the things that's keeping consumer price and in, you know indexes expenses up is how much it costs shelter, okay, renting, new homes, things like that. So when you take that out of the equation, we can see that PPI is coming down faster than CPI, um, and of course you know the energy. But you know, but there's always this long debate. And why do the adults in the room look at core versus headline? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, headline, why do you take out food and energy, Mark? Because I have to pay for food and energy. Mm -hmm. Well, it's just the idea, number one. I mean, look at what happened this week, you know, with the what's happening in the Red Sea. And now, you know, we're, we're at another war, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and, and what is that going to do to oil prices? And the Federal Reserve is the first to admit there's nothing they can do to affect global oil prices, especially with the geopolitical risk that we right. have going on globally, right? Um, but also, it's just the idea that you, of, you often heard says that, well, the core is is more, it's less volatile. It, it takes out the wide swings that food and energy can right. cause, right? And so let's look at that right here. So let, let's look backwards a little bit and see if we can illustrate that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so if so, headline CPI peaked in June of 2022. Okay. okay? It was at 9.1%. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, by March of 2023, it was down to 5%. That's a big difference. Okay. 12 months after June of 2022, it was down to 3%. Okay. All right. But then by September of last year, it started ticking back up okay. to 3.7. And then, as we just said, it ended the year at 3.4. So if you look at the range, from right. in that time period, from the lowest of three 
8.0 to the high 9.1, that's a pretty wide range. Yeah, not quite a 6%, but almost. In that time period. Right. All right. Now let's look at core. Okay. Okay. So we said that headlines peak was last June. Last June, in June of 2022, I, you know, it, so core uh, CPI in June of 2022 was 5.9. Okay. okay. Now that wasn't its peak. It didn't peak until September of 2022 when it got up to 6.6%. Okay. okay. Um, but, you know, but, you know, 12 months, you know, after June of 2022, by June of 2023, core was down to 4.8. Okay. And then in September of last year, it was 4.1. Okay. And then December, it's 3.9. See, it's still going down. But if we look at that range, 3.9 or basically 4%, you know, low to the right. highest 6.6, a lot less volatile. Right. So that's what they, that's what they mean when they say that that's why they look at core because it takes some of the wide volatility. Right. Out There's of a it. lot of other factors when you're talking food and energy. But I also, you know, there's a, you know, the idea that the Federal Reserve, if you remember, or I certainly remember when we first started talking about this, they, you know, remember Fed Powell, Chair Powell, he, he kept saying that it, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, one thing to get from the peak down, right? But it's quite another to get that final bit down to their target, right? Of two percent, right? And it's it's I guess it's analogous to that New Year's resolution right. you make everywhere of losing weight, right? Right. The first ten pounds is easy, well, relatively right. easy. Um, there's some pain, but but the, the the five pounds after that is real painful. Right, and, and, and I, think, I think everybody can relate to that. Well, it's very similar what uh, Chair Powell was warning about getting back down to their 2% inflation target. To get down the three wasn't the problem. The right. problem was to get from three to two. Mm-hmm. And that's where the pain has to be. And, and so now we're back in a position where, well, so is this enough data? Is this enough of a peak up? that the Federal Reserve is going to have to backtrack and raise interest rates again. I don't think that. Right. But I also think it's enough of a risk that they're not going to start cutting rates in March. Right. We'll see what's happening by May. Um, but it, it's also, you know, it leads to then the discussion is, is have they successfully navigated the soft landing or not? Hmm. And so I'm just going to, you know, here's four experts, Carrie. Okay. Four shock lines. Okay. All issued after that CPI report on Thursday. Okay. Okay, I'll start with Janet Yellen. Okay. So her headline was, why she predicts a soft landing for the U.S. economy. So she's in, yes, a soft landing is achieved, right? Okay. All right. Um, How about, so so the guy, you know, the main Apollo is investment, you know, the chief economist. This is not a soft landing, and a reaccelerating growth will bring back a more hawkish Fed. Hmm. All right. How about former Treasury Secretary Lawrence Summers? He says U.S. soft landing is a very real possibility. Hmm. Okay. How about this one? How about you know uh, uh, Peter Schiff? Fed has already lost inflation war after hotter than expected December CPI data. Yeah. Uh, Carrie, nobody knows. Right. It's hard to predict the future. It's hard uh, to predict the market. It's hard to right. predict what will happen. We have two war. I mean, there's a lot of 
major world news Three that can rock right the things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it is very precarious and it, you know, it, 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 there's lots of things going on now. So what does this all mean to your financial planning? Well, the idea is, um, it, it, we have been talking to our clients. You mentioned, Carrie, about how our clients are ahead of plan, right? right. Well, it's not only, right, it's not only perhaps that the stock market did better than a lot of people right. were expecting, um, but the idea that for a lot of our clients, I would say 90%, if not more, we had built in higher inflation for longer. Correct. Okay, and so we were already assuming a higher inflation than this year's 3.4, or even if right. you want to use the core, 3.9%. Right. We were higher. Right, because right? you want to be conservative in your expense assumptions. Right, and and so we have most of our clients, and, and by the way, when we build a financial planning model, you know, we are anticipating future economic downturns. We are anticipating higher interest rates for longer, meaning higher inflation for longer. And the idea that, okay, it's a little bit more conservative, it is still realistic. Now, we didn't go to part, you know, some of our clients say, oh, hyperinflation, you know, or double-digit inflation. I mean, we'll run that for you. Right, because it's your plan, and if you want to see it, we'll model it in. But it's not very realistic, and I think you'll be pretty disappointed on how how it cuts into your longevity of your plan if you're running double-digit inflation for the next 25 years. Right, but also, same similarly, if you were running an aggressive growth rate or a too conservative growth rate, and I think we always tell people it's your plan. Whatever you're worried about, let's model that scenario in or worst case so you know, okay, am I going to be okay? Or if not, this is how I need to adjust. Right. And and the other thing is, but we've also talked to a lot of our clients about, you know, let's forget about the shock lines. Why Agreed. don't we calculate <laughs> your personal inflation rate? Right. And the way you have to do that is you have to start tracking it. You have to have a history year over year, just like they do it at the Federal Reserve, where you can now say, okay, what were my real expenses last year versus Mm -hmm. the previous year and calculate your own personal inflation rate? Right. Maybe that's a better way to do it. And we are also, when you say how active we are, and this is one of the one of the problems I have with a lot of Monte Carlo now. So a lot of new clients, Gary, when they come into us, they bring the the you know the thirty page Monte Carlo analysis that their investment advisor ran for them you know twelve uh, months ago, and it's just been sitting in the sock drawer, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's like it, they're using like one inflation rate for all the expenses. Well, doesn't isn't how well we use a higher inflation for healthcare. We use a higher inflation for if you're saving for college. We use a, we use a lower inflation. We, we might not be using any inflation for discretionary spending because you can control that. It depends. Uh, Some people like want the same trip every year, and so you're going to have to account the cost goes up. Other people are more comfortable saying, "Hey, I pick a trip based on." A budget, right? And 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 you may have a, a fixed mortgage that you've listed as an expense, but it's not. It doesn't go up at all with inflation. Right. Um, so we in our plan models, we may be using multiple inflation rates depending on the characteristic of the expense, mm-hmm. and also we may be running different, you know, schedules of how that inflation is going to work. Especially where we're in, in most recently a very high inflation that's you know decelerating. And right. We may be you know we're kind of modeling that in. That's what gets you to a realistic 
you know, uh, plan that that leaves you in a decision making mode. And I think okay. people are finally comfortable when they see those scenarios based on what assumptions they want to see. We build custom plans. So when you see that, then they're comfortable saying, okay, I can retire this date, or I can spend more, or I know I can gift to charity or help my kids out, whatever that may be, by modeling these scenarios and seeing multiple, you know, sometimes we call it a base case, and then we run it, we may run a worst case scenario, whatever you want to see. Um, that's what we do at the estate planning team. And the estate planning team sponsors this program, Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We are a financial educational talk program talking about issues that can impact your financial life, whether you're working and thinking about their, your future retirement or if you're already retired and been retired a long time there are Chances are there's opportunities you're not taking advantage of. There could be potential tax traps you you may not be aware of either. And the estate planning team has been helping people around Greater Cleveland for more than 37 years through unbiased objective analysis. And what we do is financial modeling, number crunching. And we when we make a recommendation, it's going to be based on detailed analysis. And it's based on your concerns your numbers, what assumptions you want to use. And then we go through these models and help you know what steps to take and strategies to use to get a better result and minimize what the government gets and address whatever financial concerns you're worried about. And there are different solutions. And we look at your all the areas of your financial life and talk about, can we make it better? Can you make a different choice? Are you aware of, again, the opportunities and traps? We've been around, again, I said, Cleveland, more than 37 years. You can do your due diligence. Um, you can check out our information on us at our website, financialfoodforthought.com. You can check out our Google ratings or the Better Business Bureau or Angie's List ratings as well. We do offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation. So you can see how our process is different. We run preliminary analysis. We offer that by phone or in person. We're scheduling the first quarter of 2024. So if you'd like to get on the schedule and take advantage of that, you can give us a call or leave a message at the office, or you can send an email through the website. Call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So part of building a plan R, sometimes we call it, which is a worst case scenario, is not only determining that it's going to be higher inflation for longer. It may also carry be whether you believe that the Federal Reserve has successfully navigated a soft landing or not, meaning are, is there so much more pain to come that it will cause a U.S. recession, economic downturn that you want to build into your model? Again, we 90 to 95% of our clients have followed our recommendation that we do build a plan R with that scenario. Um, and the idea is, especially if you think that scenario is realistic in the next one, two, three years, and especially if in that time period you're planning a major financial move. 
either buying a new house, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's it's retiring. Obviously, right? Um, could be you have a, a, a daughter's wedding you've got to pay for. You know, mm-hmm. any any big ticket item that you're saying, boy, a, a recession, a twenty percent stock market crash is going to hurt my plan, derail my plan, right? Mm-hmm. So so we can anticipate that and say, well, does it really? In other words, we always say it: the next economic downturn doesn't mean you go bankrupt. You know, and, and right. It's happening. It just, in a weird way, affects the longevity of your plan. Now, we talk about you know ways to protect your family from economic downturns. Obviously, the one being you know maintain an adequate cash reserve so you don't have to sell low if you don't want to. So, but a lot of people look, as I said, about the 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 month of January as a barometer as how they predict the whole year is going to go in the stock market, right? Mm-hmm. So there, so there's three main, I guess. Ways you can that that they look at this. One is the Santa Claus rally, Carrie. Right? right, and and you know the Santa Claus rally is when you look at the last five trading days of the previous year, and then you add in the first two trading two first two trading days of the new year to get that seven day period, right? And they mm-hmm. say if that seven day period is positive, you know, one percent or better return, it's a good sign for the whole year, right? Okay. The second one is uh, referred to as the January effect, Carrie, right? Okay. And the January effect is when you take the first five trading days of the new year. Okay. Okay. And how that goes, again, if that's positive, you know, one percent or better, then there's a pretty good indicator that the whole year will wind up just fine. And then okay. the third one is maybe just looking at the entire month of January, okay, and just using January as a barometer for the entire year. So so as I mentioned last week, we did, <laughs> no, Virginia, we did not have a Santa Claus rally, okay? So if looking at that time period for this 2023 going into 2024, the, the and I'll use the S&P 500 as my benchmark, it was down 088 Okay. So just just not quite 1% <laughs> right. negative, but certainly not 1% positive, okay? So all right, so how about the January effect? Now we've got that completed, that's okay. behind us. That was a little bit better, but still negative. Okay. Down 0.13%. Okay. Okay. Not terrible. Not terrible. So maybe the so we'll see how all January goes and I believe as as of yesterday's close, I think the S&P 500 is now slightly positive for January mm-hmm. here. I think it's up about 0.22%. So maybe wait a minute. But, you know, so certainly if all three of those are positive in any one year, there's a high correlation that the whole year is going to do very well. Okay. Similarly, if all three are negative, <laughs> you know the answer, right? So when do, when does those things happen? Well, in 20, going into 2022 to 2023 year, Gary, right? In recent history, okay, the Santa Claus rally was up 0.8%. Okay. Not quite one, but 0.8. Okay. The January effect was up 1.4. Okay. And the month of January, remember in 2023, the month of January was up 6.18%. Mm. And how did the 2023 year turn out? Up 24.23%. Yeah, but isn't this an election year? So, well, okay, okay, we'll look at that. I was like, Um, so I, you know, recently I don't think we've had any year where all three were negative. Mm -hmm. I know, but let's look at the 21 to 22 period. 
So in the 21, the 22, we still had a Santa Claus rally. It was up 1.43%. Everyone was feeling good. But then we had the January effect, and all of a sudden the S&P was down 1.87%. Okay. In in the in the in that first week uh, of January, and then for the month of January, it was down five point two six percent. So two of the three were negative. How did the twenty twenty two year wind up down nineteen point four four percent? Okay. Um, how about let's see? Can I go back anymore? Um, okay. How about uh, even going back to twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one? Okay. Um, so, okay, the Santa Claus rally was good, 1%, even, okay. you know, up 1%. The January effect, good, it was up 1.83%. Okay. Okay, how about the month of January in 2021? Mm, down 1.1%. Okay. So two of the three are up, Gary, right? Right. How did the 2021 year turn out? S&P 500, up 26.89%. Oof. Wow. So I don't know. So we'll see. So, so far, the first two legs of the January barometer are negative. Mm-hmm. But as you said, Carrie, it's an election year. Right. Um, all right. So let's see some, talking about some tax matters, bad tax matters, Carrie, right? Okay. Um so if you're if you're got nothing to do on Blue Monday, you you can start preparing your tax return, right? So the IRS this week announced that they will officially begin accepting 2023 tax returns on Monday, January 29th. Okay. Okay. Uh, and do you know? You know, we talked a lot about last year. You know, remember they got you know the 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 IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, gave them a get what eighty some billion. Okay. Um, to weaponize the IRS, right? You know, the GOPs want you to believe. But the remember we were talking about the hiring. Mm-hmm. So do you know how much they actually hired? I was shocked, Carrie. How much how many people the IRS hired? No. Since then? Thirty thousand. Wow. Remember we were saying where how are they gonna find Well that doesn't mean they found qualified people, Mark. I mean that just means they found bodies. Uh, and that's why the jobs reports are running so well. Aren't, but I'm saying I'm sure. Now I remember some of them are very qualified, but some of them, you know, they're just. Well, I remember Janet Yellen. You know, she released that they hired five thousand to answer phones, but I had no idea that they had another twenty five thousand. Now a lot of that is attrition because remember the you know the Great Resignation. A lot of people right. didn't go back to work after Rona, right. right? And so they had to replace those. And a lot of those older IRS workers retired, mm-hmm. um, so they had to replace them. But wow, yeah, they so now they're saying they got thirty thousand people hired. I'm impressed. Wow. Um, but, um, all right. So, um, so the other things, you know, again, that, that, um, what's new happening talking about filing tax returns. So, this is also the year that the IRS is putting a, a bigger emphasis on getting free tax returns filing, you know, getting your returns right. done for free, right? So, they're starting a new test program. It's not available in Ohio. Um, but you know, there's still a free filing. I mean, you, if, if, I think the threshold is like seventy nine thousand right. this year. So if, if your income's under seventy nine thousand, you can get free filing. But the IRS is testing a new program, and that's it's it's only being done in certain states right. as a test period. So we'll see how. So we'll keep our eyes and ears open and see how that's working. Um, there's also there's a new. Roth IRA bill, Carrie, and I, I'm scratching my head over this one. You know, and sometimes I, re- I wonder, you know, who's really greasing whose palms when it comes to 
tax. Don't th- trust th- any of those politicians, Mark. And and this seems like the big get bigger. I mean, all right. So so I don't know, Carrie. Have you heard this? So there's a new bipartisan bill in Congress that would allow Americans to roll over their Roth IRAs into Roth accounts that are part of a workplace retirement plan, such as a Roth 401k. Huh. Now, is, have we had any clients complain about that, that, they're, that they somehow wish they could roll their Roth IRA into their, 401k? into their Roth 401k? I don't even see that being a dem- like something that's needed. All right. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so it was, the, bill was, the bill was introduced in the House of Representatives in December of 2023, um, and then it's right now sitting in the House Committee of Ways and Means. Um, and th- this is the quote that they're kind of saying, nearly 7 million Americans, seven mi- how many Americans do we have in Kerry? I don't know. 350 million? Is it that many? I don't know how many immigrants, illegal immigrants, but I mean, I, I was going to say, how many people? Yeah. So seven million have this problem. I, I, I disagree. It's, it's, I feel like somebody's. They're just saying that seven million use Roth IRA accounts. A very small percentage of Who's Americans gonna? are using Roth. How much percentage of them have a real big problem? Because I bet a lot of those seven million that hold Roths are already retired. Right, but even why? What's wrong with keeping it in their own Roth well, IRA? I'm, that I'm they still can... searching for that, Carrie. Um, let me read I guess on. Where I, you know, how it's always saying, okay, it's a solution to a problem. I don't see the problem in the first place for them wasting any time or energy on this. Yeah, I think we have bigger problems. That's what I, I'm thinking. There isn't really a problem. Um, okay. Um, nearly seven million Americans use Roth IRA accounts to save for retirement. Okay. As that number continues to grow rapidly across the country, we must ensure workers can roll their savings into designated Roth accounts within a workplace-based retirement plan. Okay. Apparently, I still don't know, what are they saying the reasons for? Um, So I guess what they're saying is that, I guess what they're saying is it can reduce their investment management fees. Ah. Okay. Um. Okay, so the Senate would have to pass it, right? Yeah, but I could put an IRA in, I I could put a Roth IRA in my bank account savings account. I can put a Roth IRA in a CD. That doesn't cost me anything. Okay, um... Well, I mean, if you're, I guess if you're, if you're having actively management, it, it costs something, Carrie. Right, I mean, right but I mean, I'm lot, saying there's other know, choices that people can make. So, you know, but, but, is, so is this just, but I mean, do you see that clients, I mean, we don't do investment management for our clients. Right. That's not what we do at the estate planning team. But I just have a feeling that if, if an individual is using a professional investment advisor who's right. managing their Roth IRA account, I don't think that individual is going to recommend that they take it out of the Roth IRA and roll it to the Roth 401k. And Call I, me crazy, Carrie. And I still don't think that's a big enough issue. Um, and, you know, and, and how much of a burden is that put on the already strapped, you know, red tape that the company's, uh, you know, payroll or human resources departments right. have to deal with this? A lot. They already have enough changes that are probably hard to. 
yeah. navigate. Well, I guess the good news is that, you know, 90% of the bills don't come out of committee, Carrie. So we'll, we'll kind of But what a waste. I'm just saying there's so many big issues. Um, right. So, all right. So let's see. As I said, the other thing, the other things that we talk about is. Are you talking about the estimated payments? Yeah, estimated tax payments. Um, and, you, you know, it, it's. It's just a, a, it's, it's good to have a working knowledge, and because we we don't think it's the best financial planning to get big refunds every year, right? Right. Um, I mean, giving the interest free loan to the government right now. It, so actually, I'd rather have my clients owing money on April fifteenth, uh, as long under two criteria, Carrie. Right. One that they don't owe too much, right? Meaning that they're getting estimated. Uh, underestimated penalties or interest, right. right? Especially now that IRS has raised their interest, just like all the other interest. You know, one at one time for the last number of years, clients didn't care because the interest rate was so low that the IRS would charge on their payments. It wasn't, right. you, know, you know, but now it's not the case anymore with higher interest rates. Um, and a second one is if we do, ex- that it's no surprise that they are going to owe money on April 15th. Right. So, so they're prepared for it, and they're making the cash, you know, and we built it into their cash flow. Um, so, I mean, but, but a lot of people don't even know that, you know, when do they get charged in underestimated interest penalties, and when do they don't, and how right. do they, st- you know, how do they do this? And so it really comes down to what we call the safe harbor rules, right? And the safe harbor rules are saying, yeah, it's okay if you owe money on April 15th. As long as you don't too much and determine that you don't know too much is falls under a couple of what we call safe harbors. Now, the first one is what most, uh, you know, people or in 99% of the tax software puts most clients on is what we call the previous year safe harbor, right? Okay. And that says as long as you pay in 100% of your previous year's tax timely, okay, you know, that's a key point, right. you're covered. So even if you end up owing on April 15th, you're not going to be charged any interest or penalty, okay. right? Um, the only caveat to the 100% rule is if in the previous year, doesn't matter if you're filing married jointly or single, um, if your AGI in the previous year was greater than $150,000, then you have to bump up to 110% okay. for federal. Here in Ohio, it's still the 100% rule. Um, all right. Now, so that's a previous year safe harbor. Uh, the second one is called the current year safe harbor. Okay. Now, the general rule is if you think that this year's tax is going to be as much or more than last year's tax, you might just want to follow the previous year safe harbor. Right. It's a known number. There's no guesswork involved. And it's pretty easy to plan with a known number, right? Right. Um, but let's say you knew for sure that this year's tax was going to be a lot less than last year's. Simple example is that you're, you were working last year. You're not working this year. Right. This is where the rookie retirement mistake comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because remember, the robots are ninety nine percent of them are going to put you on the previous year safe harbor. They're going to assume the income for last year is going to be the same as it is for the next year. That's what they're basing those right, and they're going to assume the same amount of withholding that was done last year is going to be done this year, which may maybe you're short depending on when you retired uh, you know, or what other right. So unless you tell the robot differently. It doesn't know any better. That's why 99% of them won't put you on a current year safe harbor because it has no idea what assumptions to make on your current year. But the previous safe harbor is a known number. Right. 
So, but if you know for sure that this year's tax is a lot less than last year's, you might not want to pay 100 right. or 110% of last year and be waiting around for that refund, mm-hmm. which we're saying maybe is not the best financial planning to, 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 to go with. So the government says, yeah, that we understand that. Right. You don't have to follow the previous year. You can just go on a current year safe harbor. Well, th- you just pay in what you think you're going to owe mm-hmm. timely. Right. All right. Well, that's a lot a bit harder to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, so the government says, yeah, we get that. So you don't have to hit it exact. We'll give you a 10% buffer. Okay. So under the current year safe harbor, as long as you have at least 90% of your actual tax liability paid in timely, mm-hmm. you're covered under the current year safe harbor rule. So even if I owe on April 15th, I'll owe without penalty. Right. Now, um, now you just some things to know. You don't have to tell the government which safe harbor you're using. Okay. Um, it's just at the end, as long as you meet one of them. Right. Okay. And... You know, if, if so, some things that we have found over the years is, for example, if you, um, we've seen, for example, when we always ask, you know, or coordinate with the client and their CPAs or their tax preparers, and sometimes this issue comes up. Now, sometimes when you're on a current year safe harbor, again, not only is it more difficult to do, but you have to kind of keep at it during the year. Mm hmm. Because as things change, as reality changes, and those quarterlies, right, um, you have to adjust your current year safe harbor. Now, there's two ways you can get your taxes paid. Well, well, one is, you know, for example, one I guess is if you had an overpayment from the previous year, right, and you, and you didn't choose to have it refunded, you chose to just have it carry over. That kind of is already in the pot for the new year, right? That's one way. Second one is withholding, mm-hmm. okay? And we talk about when you're W-2, withholding is usually done automatically or done for a good job. In retirement, you got to look at it. Do you make withholding elections on your pensions, on your Social Security, mm-hmm. on your tax-qualified plan distributions, on your annuity distributions, right. you know, things like that. Um, the other way is making the quarterly estimates, you know, do April, right. June, September, and January. And that's what's coming up this week is the fourth quarter estimate. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're saying is that, you know, we have a, we have spent a lot of time with our clients and our CPAs over the last, you know, since the beginning of the year, because what we have a certain every year, not every year for every client, but every year, certain clients, you know, are waiting to see, do they have to make that fourth quarter estimate? Because right. we're waiting for the final year in data, you know, what the final capital gains come in at, what the final withholding is on all and uh, everything. And, you know, their final pay stub withholding mm-hmm. and things like that. So we, and so the ones that are on a, that were, on, they're paying quarterly on a current year safe harbor. We're watching that to make sure, hey, maybe you don't have to make that fourth quarter right. estimate. You know, especially you know if you know you were being conservative or the robot didn't know and is just telling right. you to do a previous year, and now you realize my taxes are going to be a lot less. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that that's kind of the idea. Um, now the beauty of withholding. And this is a, you know, what, you know, when you get into retirement is that a lot of years, especially like on a current year safe harbor, you might not know what you should be paying quarterly. You know, those are timed April, June, September, and January. Well, with withholding, as long as it's withheld by December 31st, the government treats it as coming in evenly throughout the whole year. 
Right. So we have some clients that may not do any estimated payments. And November, December, they do whatever they need for withholdings through their IRA. Distribute your RMD. They keep all their money cash flow throughout the year. And then in December or November, they do withholdings that cover it. It doesn't matter that they did it in December. Right. And and that even, so let's say in April, you don't know if you want to be on a previous year or current year. It gives you time. It gives you time because by November, right. you, better, you should. Right. And, and, so, and so then you can say, okay, now I know I want to do the previous year, or now I know I don't want to do the previous year. I want to do the current year. In either case, you have an amount of what you need to get in. You do it the withholding, and you're covered. And a lot of people like it. It's simpler. It's less things to worry about. Oh, you're not dealing with those silly coupons and, and writing just, a check and, and, and finding a stamp. And the thing of it is you keep stamp. saying is timely, because we have clients that say, well, if I'm short... And I didn't make them, and I had some withholdings. I'm just going to pay it all on January, before the January 15th. Well, timely is the key. Now, part of that may be a situation where, let's say, a client was on a current year safe harbor, but they, so they were paying quarterly. Let's say they didn't have withholding. They were paying quarterly what they thought they were going to owe. Right. But then, bam, they got a big surprise in the fourth quarter. Okay, but timely is January 15th is the fourth quarter. Right, but you may have to go one step further and do what's called the annualization method. Right, to explain what money came in which quarter. Right, and and there's a form to do that that your CPA... And that's just so you don't have a penalty. You don't want to ever pay more to the government than you need to. And basically what it does is that you have to break down your income, your taxable income by quarter, and then show how much estimated taxes you had paid by quarter right and then it shows there's a big windfall in the fourth quarter that's why you made a big payment on the fourth quarter estimate due Mm -hmm. january 15th that you're okay these are the things that we try to help our clients you know get into the idea that don't get into retirement ruts what you did last year might not be what you do this year might not be what you do next year all right call the estate planning team for a free consultation by phone or in person call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com go browns tune in next week for more financial food for thought for more information about the show for estate planning or upcoming seminars call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 thanks for listening Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.